ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Alright everybody, welcome back once again to another edition of the Best Seat in the House podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kramer, alongside, as always, my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. Dan, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, do, doing good. Happy happy about that Mets win today. Absolutely. A lot to be happy about. A nice win and a series win against the um, reigning World Series champion, Atlanta Braves, down in Atlanta for the Mets. Uh, we got a lot to talk about with the uh, Yankees blowing a big game in, uh, against Cincinnati last night. Uh, they're playing another game against them tonight as we speak. So uh, going to be interesting to see how the Yankees end this three-game skid. We also got some hockey news to get into tonight as the New York Rangers, Dan, I'm sure you are aware, have signed uh, center Vincent uh, Trocek from the Carolina Hurricanes. Really good player just off the bat right here. What do you think about that signing? I'm excited about that. One of my friends, I have a friend of mine in the Carolinas who told me, oh, you guys are so lucky you got that guy. Like, they were. Yeah. Trocek is a hell of a player. Apparently, the Rangers told him he's going to be playing on the second line with Panarin. Uh, He's a really good face-off guy. They got him seven-year deal, which might be a bit steep for a guy who's in his late 20s. But you know what? At the the number they got him, 5.6. This is a guy who definitely could have gotten over $6 million anywhere else. So very happy that the Rangers picked him up. We got him on a good deal, and I think we've had a – I think this is the first time we've had a great face-off man since uh, – since uh, trying, trying to remember his name. Um, trying, to, trying to remember. You think it's Stepan maybe? Yeah, yeah Stepan, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Derek Stepan was great at, at – uh, yeah, winning those face-offs, big face-offs. And this guy, Trocek, won him at 54% uh, in the regular season last year. He was even higher in the postseason. And he saw the Rangers up close. So this is a guy who knows this team. He knows what he's getting into. And I really like uh, the defensive abilities of this guy, too. His defensive ratings are very high. And he's going to bring a lot of that nastiness in the corners that the Rangers need, too. So... Awesome, awesome signing. Uh, you know, a, a bunch of stuff to get into that, too. We, we're going to talk about the Rangers for a couple of minutes later on because they, they made a couple of big moves. They also signed Yaroslav uh, Halak as a backup goalie. They traded uh, Georgiev uh, for a couple of picks. Um, so, And also Rangers development camp is going on right now. So we'll get into all that, the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, shortly. Uh, but before we do that, Dan, uh, let's give ourselves a little plug at the top here for our social media. Uh, what's your uh, your social media? You can find me, as always, you can find me on Bobo103 on Twitter and Bobo718DK on Instagram. I'm also Daniel Curlin on YouTube. Yeah, so, so check Dan out there. And uh, his uh, um, Awesome comedians of the compound, a uh, little cozy he or, or cozy he's got there, right on his uh, drink, keeping it nice and cold. What are you drinking there, Dan? I'm just I'm just drinking a bud, some leftovers from last weekend. All right, all right, very nice. Cozy was that? It's actually a promotional cozy. I think from the looks of it, they were giving these they were giving these out at the show in Texas. Just by the back of it, it says here, uh, Austin, Texas. Very cool. Very cool, man. Yeah, those comedians of the compound shows are great. It's uh, you know, it's a shame that uh that, that Aaron isn't with the compound anymore and running more of those more often. But I'm also looking forward to at the end of the summer, they're having that uh benefit for Gino Bisconti at Governors over here in Levittown. So um I'm thinking maybe we should make an appearance there, Dan. <laughs> sounds 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 like a plan. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Yeah, I have, I have to say uh, about, I have to say those comedians at the compound shows were fun, especially the ones that they that took place all weekend. Sometimes, like when you got to be like at Atlantic City, mm-hmm. like I, 
be at one in Atlantic City. You may have seen my picture. Group, I, I, I got to appear in a group picture with just about everybody who was in that show that 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 weekend. Yeah, and it's crazy too that now two of those comedians, being Aaron Berg and um, Pat Dixon, unfortunately, are no longer with Compound. Uh, that whole situation that unfolded was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, that was weekend at Atlantic City, or, or what I call watered down Atlantic City, because they had too many COVID restrictions for Atlantic City. Right? I felt like I had a watered down Atlantic City weekend. Use <laughs> and stuff, and it was you couldn't you couldn't really there wasn't many places to get a late night bite to eat. Let's put it this way at that time. Well, that stinks. I, I was just in the uh, Poconos over the weekend for my girlfriend's birthday and I had uh, very much the same problem. <laughs> no late night food. <laughs> what and, was that? Poconos or they, they just, uh, or there was some restrictions. What's that, buddy? That sounds like the normal Poconos usually. Well, it, it was. It was. That's true. That is it, true. <laughs> right. You're used to being able to get stuff late at night. In New York, yeah. You could get anything anytime, you know. So... You're right. Oh, a little spoiled. What can I say? <laughs> That's what it felt like in Atlantic City. It was a watered. It felt like it was a watered down Atlantic City weekend in January of 2021. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, you're right. That was still in the uh, kind of the craziness of the pandemic and everything. Uh, but yeah, so you know, with that, now we got. Uh, oh, but actually, before we move on, let me give a quick little plug to our show uh, on uh, social media. You can check out at bsith underscore podcast. Uh, check out all of our tweets um, at uh, Best Seat in the House podcast on Instagram. And check us out, obviously, Best Seat in the House podcast on YouTube. Subscribe. We're trying to get our numbers up on there. Follow us. And once we reach 300 followers on Twitter, uh, we're going to be giving out another gift card, Dan Wright. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we got to get those numbers up on Twitter. We've been slacking a little bit the last couple of weeks. That's for sure. Maybe. Maybe we should maybe we should do a go go to a game with uh, the host of bet the two hosts of this show. True. Do a little uh, drive there at City Field, <laughs> where we we reach a certain no- amount of subscribers. That a random winner gets to go gets to hit up a game with us. That sounds interesting. That sounds like a plan. Maybe we'll have to set that up for. Uh, one of the series coming out of the break after the all-star break. I know the Mets play the, um, the Padres right around there. So uh, yep. we'll, we'll have to check that out. Also in the beginning of, uh, of August, there's a five game series against Atlanta. So maybe one of those series sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds really good. If it, and if we, and it, hopefully if, if, if it's, if it's lucked out very well, we could be seeing the Grommets in that series. Very true. Very true. And you know what? Well, we're getting into this right now. Let's, uh, I was going to jump into the Mets anyway. Let's start off with a little bit of a DeGrom update. So uh, we're recording this on Wednesday the 13th right now. But by the time you'll be seeing this tomorrow on, uh, on July 14th, this is going to be DeGrom Day because DeGrom will be making his third minor league start. Right, Dan? For Syracuse. And by the way, I don't know if you notice this every day, and if you if you look if you look through the menus of the MLB the TV app, if you're a subscriber, they broadcast they they seem to be broadcasting one AAA game, and tomorrow they're going to be broadcasting the Grom's rehab start. Wow, very interesting. So that that that's hey. pretty cool. That's a way to catch the Grom's uh, rehab start. I'm going to be doing a little two. I might be doing a little two screen action during that game, and I'll have the I'll have the the Grom's little rehab outing on my phone. That's pretty cool. And actually, last time SNY did that, where they also streamed Degrom's rehab start on uh, the SNY app as an alternate stream to the the Met game that was going on that night. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, how. Wait, it, you know, if, if that's just MLB.com. What's that, Dan? I also know some people in Florida who went to that game, by the way. Oh, and yeah. Hey, if, if you've ever been into the Daytona area, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty neat little restaurant that 
has a little has a pretty little or it's a being Daytona, we know it's where the Daytona International Speedway is. There's this cool restaurant I ate at once that I enjoyed that the seats look like uh they look like NASCAR Cup Series cars, the the tables. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I actually love it down in uh, Daytona there. Whenever we would go to spring training, we'd always stop at Daytona down on the way and uh, check out uh, Jimmy Hart, the mouth from the south, his restaurant down there with all his Hulk Hogan merchandise and all that stuff. It was it was pretty cool right on the beach. So I know about that beach. I love I kind of also love that you can drive your you can drive your car on the, on the beach a little bit, which yeah. bottom literally the beginning of the sport, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Right about it, that way you get to kind of see what it might have looked like from their view. <laughs> this is true. You got to use your Google footage of this. It was, it's a, it's a literally quite different from what we know today. Like it was all standing room and pretty much if a crash looked like it was going to head into where the fans were pretty much everyone knew run. <laughs> Just get out of the way. <laughs> Exactly. From from that footage I've seen online of what it looked like, that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, that, that's pretty cool. I, did, I didn't know that it was a standing room only, too, so that's pretty cool. But I guess it makes sense if it was just there at the beach. That's how it started. People, someone thought of the idea of just run, of, of having people race production cars on, on a temporary track on the beach. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Very cool, man. Well, you know, if uh, we're going to come off our little NASCAR lesson here and move on to uh, the the Mets, like we were talking about, you know, DeGrom uh, making his third rehab start tomorrow for AAA, too. I'm surprised that they did two single-A starts, and now they're bumping him all the way up in competition level to AAA. Uh, I mean, I, he's flown through the, these two uh, first starts during – Four and two third innings, striking out eleven, uh, not allowing a hit. So he's been dominant. Uh, it's going to be really cool to see him in a high pressure almost situation, right? Yep. Logic was they need they they want to have him pitch to rehab start and against maybe potential players that have had big league experience. Might have been what it was. Very true. Very true. I'm just surprised because I think he's still going to have one more rehab start after this because. They've been lining him up on five days each time out now. So uh, this being the third one, he'll probably throw around 60 pitches this time uh, for for AAA. And then the next time he would be scheduled to pitch after that is Tuesday, which, as we all know, is the All-Star game. So it's going to be interesting to see if they opt to have him throw like a simulated game or if there is any minor leagues going that day. What's that, Dan? gonna pitch a simulated game from what i heard because there's no the minor leagues are not they're 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 off that day yeah so that's what i was thinking that they they're gonna have to do something with him that day so he's probably gonna be back down at port st Lucie, like you said throwing a simulated game or, or maybe in brooklyn wherever they decide to do it and um he's gonna do a uh you know at, at least a some kind of simulated game because they're gonna have to make sure that he's you know up to par, you know, and actually that makes sense why they would put him against AAA now. So he gets that competition up before he just has to do a, uh, you know, simulated game against low level minor leaguers. And, and plus I'm pretty sure maybe they'll have Alvarez catch him, you know, get maybe uh, Alvarez get used to a pitcher who he's going to be catching. That's true. And what an awesome summer. It has been for Alvarez, not only just hitting, but he got to catch Max Scherzer in a rehab start a couple of weeks ago. And now you're definitely right about that, that he's got a a legit shot of catching Jacob deGrom, too, which uh, would be very, very cool. Uh, And something our, you know, our 20 year old prize prospect can really sink his teeth into. By the way, he will be in the futures game. Yeah, him and and Mark Vientos was added as a. you know, what's that? This year, it's on the Futures game and their Celebrity Legends game is going to be, not only is it going to be, instead of being on the Sunday, it's going to be on the Saturday this year. It's also going to be on Peacock. So, and I feel 
MLB is not doing a good job putting the scheme on Peacock. Say saying they want to reach more more larger audiences with baseball. I don't think a streaming service is the way to go because that everyone's gonna want to pay for a streaming service. Yeah, I get. True. I I got it for some for some content that's on Peacock. That some sports content that I wanted to watch, so I have I have it, but I feel they they need to do they need they they should they should put that game at least on MLB Network. Yeah, that's a bad job not putting that, especially for the young stars. I mean, you want people to know these stars, and for for the few people you might pick up that just so happen to watch it on Peacock, I feel like you're going to lose a lot of people that would watch the game anyway that just don't want to pay for Peacock. I actually attended this in 2000, 2013 at City Field. I got to see Pitt in a Noah Guard and Brendan Nimmo. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Two guys who just a couple of years later would be starring for the Mets going to the playoffs. <laughs> so I got so I got to see so I got to see Nimmo and the Miners and the on the Cyclones and I got to see him in the Futures game. Also Alvarez Another, as I've mentioned before, Alvarez, I've seen plenty of times in on the Cyclone. So I've I've seen this guy hit, and he looked like he was locked in those days. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Francisco Alvarez is the real deal, and it's going to be real fun to see what this team looks like next year, with potentially having Degrom and Scherzer in the rotation for a full year together. Uh, bringing up, you know, this kid in, into the majors and seeing what he does. Because right now, I got to tell you, I'm very, very down on James McCann. And I know it's not his fault with the injuries. You know, you can't blame a guy for getting injured. But uh, him getting, you know, he he's had very little production. I, I know we've seen his bat tick up a little bit lately. He, he hit that big home run earlier this week before he got injured. But um, it's just, uh, you know... I, I think his spot on the team could be in jeopardy if uh, they're going to be bringing him, you know, if they're going to be bringing Francisco Alvarez up because everybody likes Tomas Nito and I don't think he's going anywhere. Right. Yeah. I don't think he's going anywhere. It's it. It's possible. I could see maybe Ed McCann being released after this year. Cause I feel, I feel Alvarez it's up in the air, whether he'll be called up this year or not. I feel it's 50, 50. Right at this point. Well, I don't think McCann's going to get released. I think if they get rid of him, they'll probably trade him because you don't want to, you don't want it to be a situation like Robbie Cano where you just let the guy go and they're paying him so much money. I mean, he's still got two years left at a pretty good price. Get no cap at least. What's that, Dan? Hopefully Lever out of that, out of that deal. True. True. And, and I like James McCann. I, I hope he turns it around and comes back and is a valuable piece to the Mets, but it, it doesn't seem likely this year, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It does, doesn't seem, doesn't seem like it. Also, I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued that we might be seeing the first player to really become a star for the Mets at DH with Vianos. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, I've never seen before. I mean, only time I could ever see like someone really legitimately like we a player we knew as a DH was a David Ortiz. Who, by the way, congratulations, David Ortiz, in getting into the Hall of Fame. It's com- coming up in a couple of weeks, along with the along with long overdue Gil Hodges. It's finally oh, yeah. got, speaking of players long overdue getting your honors. I was at Keith Hernandez's number retirement ceremony. I was I was I was at that game. I saw those pictures. Very cool. And, and you know what? While we're talking about that, too, how was it being at that ceremony, Dan? Because I know you're a guy who had a, a close connection to the 86 Mets, being at Game 6, you know, seeing him on Seinfeld, seeing him these past 17 years in the SNY booth. What was it like to be there for the Keith Hernandez number retirement? That day, that day, as we know, that day I met Gary Carter, there were a couple of players I got to meet that day. Keith Hernandez, one of them. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of years ago, SNY did some promotional thing at the city. I got a picture with Gary, Keith, and Ron. I got Keith to sign that picture I took with him when I was little. Wow. I think I was like four years old. And he, 
he was impressed that I had a, showed up with a picture that I took with him from years ago when I was little that I remembered that I had this picture. Wow, that's so cool, man. Impressed with that. And uh, I have to say it was pretty special. I, I purposely wore my throwback 86 jersey that day. Mm-hmm. Maybe it brought a little magic that that game, like somehow, even though even after that little blunder in the top of the 10th, somehow I had a feeling, I think we got this. Somehow, somehow we got this. And the place felt, the place rocked. That ballpark rocked that night, that day. Yeah, that was cool to see. That was, uh, you know, reminiscent of uh, that, the playoff run in 2015 and just uh, playing big games at City Field. It just felt like a big game. And you're right, it felt like one of those games that uh, come hell or high water, the Mets were going to come out on top. Uh, that Pete home run to really get things going early on uh, and, you know, break the ice was awesome. Um, you know, as he continues to, to hit a little bit better against lefties. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Lindor. And, man, you know, we, we turned the page to today talking about Lindor. He hit that big home run on Saturday. He's had a hell of a week. That big home run on Saturday. He had a three-hit game in Atlanta in game one of this series. Then he hits the, the big three-run shot today to help uh, seal the deal for the series victory today. Uh, how great has Francisco Lindor been this year? I actually never really gave up on Lindor last year. I just had a feeling it looked like the same thing I saw with Piazza and Carlos Beltran, who uh, felt like they had, they, they were kind of, they went through that adjustment period, like getting comfortable playing in a large market. It took, it probably took a little longer for them to get comfortable being in a playing in this high expectation team. That's but once they got used to it and felt in their comfort zone, they were fired. Let's put it this way. And also Lindor, because his name is Francisco, I keep thinking of that scene in my mother's favorite Christmas movie, Elf, when uh Remember when he's laughing at some, I think he's reading some book and the character's name was Francisco and he's laughing. And he's just saying, Francisco, Francisco. <laughs> I keep thinking of that. Things that, things that my, my mom, my mom loves that, that movie. I, I actually went to see an anniversary screening of it in a movie theater. <laughs> I, I, I love that movie too. And uh, I do always think of that scene too with Francisco. I can't not think of that scene from Elf whenever Francisco Lindor does anything, so that's hilarious. When I take when I take an out of state friend to the Empire State Building, I think of that scene also when he's when he just pressed a million buttons. <laughs> so yeah, that's a uh, you know obviously a classic Christmas movie, and um, you know just great to see Francisco Lindor producing. I mean, you know. And I agree with you, too. I didn't give up on Lindor after last year. I just thought he had a bad year and that, you know, he'd wipe the slate clean and come back and have a, a pretty good year this year. And, what well, I mean, you know, the batting average might not be where you'd expect it to be, but I'm not going to complain about that when the guy's got 16 home runs and 64 RBIs, which leads all of shortstops in, in baseball. He's, he's among the league leaders in RBIs. He's been terrific this year. And I have to say, I don't know how this guy was an all-star snub, but whoever whoever made those picks for the all-star game, Scheiser, Scheiser. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, you, you, you're right, because the Mets did have a couple of guys who were slam dunks to be all-stars this year. Pete Alonso, obviously, the guy's leading majors in RBIs. He's had a terrific year. If it wasn't for Paul Goldschmidt hitting like 350, Pete Alonso would be starting in the all-star game. Um, you know, Jeff McNeil, all-star hitting, you know. Congratulations, Jeff McNeil, on becoming a father. Very true. Very true. Two-time all-star. Now first-time father. Congratulations, Jeff McNeil, as it's so awesome to see him having a great bounce-back year this year. Um, also, uh, Ed- Edwin Diaz. Talk about bounce-back years. The guy is just incredible this season. He's a, a human strikeout machine. Uh, so awesome to see, friend, uh, you know, Edwin Diaz turn back the clock to 
his final year with the uh, Seattle Mariners and looking like the elite re- reliever we thought Brody Van Wagner traded for, right? Exactly. As a matter of fact, when uh, because of Edwin Diaz, when I was at an away game in Philly, I was ready to pull up my phone when, when Diaz was going to come to the mound. I was going to pull up his walk-up music. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to crank that up to 11 at my, because, because at an away game, I was going to do that. Yeah, you, and everybody loves hearing those trumpets now, man. Because plenty of, there was plenty of Met fans that made that ninety-nine mile trip. Yep, yep, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, really uh, awesome stuff out of Diaz this year. And also the uh, one of the newest Mets, uh, Starlin Marte, making his uh, you know first All Star game as a Met. Uh, I mean, it, it sucks that you know he's been kind of banged up at times this year where he just missed this series in Atlanta. Same things with Jeff McNeil, which by the way is really good for the Mets too, that two of our, two of our four all-stars were out of the lineup for this whole series. And the Mets still managed to take two out of three from the Braves. So uh, really good stuff from them. Yep. I, I remember feeling like it bummed out when I heard McNeil was going to miss the series. I said, man, couldn't they figure out a better way to plan this whole they plan this thing a little bit better, but then he uh we managed to pull off winning. Yeah, you know what though, when it comes to to them having a baby and everything, it's like you know I'm not gonna begrudge Jeff McNeil missing three games in July. You know maybe if it's a playoff series or something like that, you you'd be like, okay guys, come on, try not to have babies in in October. <laughs> but uh, you yes. know. Still managed to to come out on top, even with this key series, and I feel we did. We got we got what I what I hope we would at least get two out of two out of three and gain some ground on Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, picking up the game, you know, look, going into Atlanta, you, you can't sit here and expect a sweep. You know, maybe you can sit here for these four games against the Chicago Cubs, who have been a bad team this year, and say, hey. The Mets have to go out here and sweep these four games and go into, um, you know, the all-star break on a high note, which I'd love to see. I'm not going to, you know, freak out if they don't sweep the Cubs, but I'm sure a lot of people are, are hoping for that. Yeah, they, I'm hoping for at least three out of four. Yeah, three out of four is, you know, if you split with the Cubs and you go two and two going into the break, that's not going to feel good, especially – when you got to remember now, too, the Mets have to do their work against the Cubs because the Braves are going into just as a quote-unquote easy series as the Braves are taking on the Nationals for four. So, if you know, if the Mets split with the, uh, um, with the uh, Chicago Cubs and the Braves take three out of four, you're losing a game. Or if the Braves sweep and you take two, then you're only up a half game going into the break. So the Mets really have to do their work. I think I'm going to have to make a lot of use of that MLB MLB uh, at bat uh, by subscription. I'm going to I'm going to be firing up the laptop and doing them, you know, the multiple screen how you could put multiple games at once. Yeah. I got to keep keep an eye on the Braves and the Phillies to make sure they're losing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right about that. And the the Phillies have finally, you know, hit a little bit of a snag as they've now lost 3 games in a row. And they're going into a, a big game tonight with Zach Wheeler on the mound. So they got to feel pretty good about that. But, um, you know, you, you just got to keep your fingers crossed that things keep going south for the Phillies. And, you know, maybe the Mets just uh, kind of zap the Braves back to reality by taking two out of three at their house. Um, you know, you got to hope if the, the Nationals can squeak out a win or two this weekend against the Braves. That would be huge for the Mets going into the All-Star break, right? That would be huge going into the All-Star break. I feel comfortable with that going into the All-Star break. Yeah, yeah, very true, man. So then, uh, you know, coming out of the All-Star break, the Mets are going to have a a homestand against the San Diego Padres, and we get our two games against the New York Yankees. So if you had to... Series games, because my uncle might be... I got a call from my uncle saying he might be picking up tickets to that game. Oh, really? For, for which one? The Tuesday or the Wednesday? 
I, I think it's the Tuesday he said, unfortunately, my uncle Mike's a Yankee fan. Boo. But. <laughs> unfortunately. But I'll, 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 I'll let it slide because out of all – because my dad, my father, of all his in-laws, him and my uncle Mike were, very, were like very close friends. Oh, very cool. I, so I'll, 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 let, I'll let Uncle Mike, I'll let, I'll let it slide. Yeah, he's, Uncle Mike is off the hook for being a Yankee fan. <laughs> I said, we're on, me and my uncle, are, we're, we're on the same side during football season. Oh, he's, he's a Giants fan as well? All right, very cool, very cool. So, uh, and, you know, we'll be getting into football soon enough, too. Um, also, uh, Dan, I guess we're going to be, uh, if, if you want to do it next week, or, or do you have the, uh, the, the all-star thing done for today? Um, I, I'll have it set up uh, next week because an outlet had to be fixed up where I keep my laptop. Okay, not a problem at all. We'll do the, uh, the all-star mug shots next week during all-star week, so it makes total sense. Uh, it'll be the day after the all-star game, so Thursday during all-star week will be our all-star mugshot show, right? Exactly. These are the greatest. It's going to be a little bit of a difficult time finding the mugshots, but I can know for sure that these players did at one point. Well, whatever the severity of the crime could have been a small thing, but they were in, they did at one point had, had, had been in a, at least at a holding cell. And, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're highlighting the greatest at each position that had maybe had had an embar- let's just say an embarrassing moment. <laughs> yeah, an embarrassing moment where they ended up on the wrong side of a mugshot. So we'll be getting into that next week. All right, and now that we got uh, our Mets talk out of the way. Let's get right into some Yankee talk too, Dan, because uh, th- there's a lot going on in Yankee Town right now. As uh, you know, obviously they're running away with their division. They got a 14 game lead. Um, they're they're rolling. They're the best team in baseball. They're, they're over 60 wins, um, but they are on a three-game losing streak right now, and they just lost in critical fashion against the uh, Cincinnati Reds the other night. So, you know, I can understand some Yankee fans being a little panicky right now, but for the most part, this team's still rolling. Uh, they just split a four-game series with the Red Sox. Uh, so, Dan, how are you feeling about the Yankees right now in particular? Um, do you think that they, they finally met this competition we were talking about earlier in the year? Maybe starting to catch a wind and, uh, seem to be rising up during this debate, making a big, the old big second hand, second half push. Cause I, at first I didn't, didn't look like Boston was going to be in playoff contention. They're in a wild card. They're in a position to make the playoff and, could be facing the Yankees in a very highly contested series, and I also feel the Yank the Yankees unfortunately have lost have they they lost of course to the Cincinnati Reds. As Keith Hernandez says, those second division teams they can be uh they can be a bit pesky. They kind of they kind of scare me more those second division teams. Yeah, you're right about that, man. And you know teams like the Cincinnati Reds they got nothing to play for right now, so they're going out stress free. And in this three-game series against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, too, you know, um, which was which made it even more surprising that the Reds would come back and uh, flex their muscle like that. But you know, if we go back a week ago, the Yankees had just polished off uh, two out of three against the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, they lost that tough first game, but they rebounded. Then they come back against the the, the Red Sox and pound them the first two games taking the Thursday game um, six to five and then taking the Friday game 12 to five. So, you know, everybody was pretty high on the Yankees after that. Then they lose that tough game on Saturday where the Red Sox really gutted it out. They gave up two in the top of the 10th, came back with three, won it in the bottom of the 10th. And then obviously they had a big night on Sunday night baseball uh, to split that series with the Yankees. And then, just like we mentioned now, so they're playing the, the, the Reds for the, for the three-game series now, but then they get another just as pivotal three-game series against the Red Sox, this time at Yankee Stadium. Um, I mean, it's going to be a very 
tight series. Because like you said, the, the, the Red Sox are in playoff contention. They're not a slouch team right now. They're not, as we were just talking about, a second division team. So really, really, um, you know, big three games. And it sounds crazy saying that for the Yankees, too, because they're running away with this thing right now. But, you know, just like the Mets saw a 10-game lead slip away very quickly, the Yankees could do the same thing. That's why they got to keep this up. Yep, exactly. And they're going to be after they face uh, after they face uh, the, their their next their their opponent they're going to be facing the Red Sox and when the Red when both teams are in contention it's highly contested. No no doubt about it. There's always bad, bad blood. There's always raucous crowds. There's always you know big bats and big pitches and uh, big moments in those series. That's what Yankees Red Sox is about. Especially look if any of those teams are within shouting distance of 500, it's going to be an interesting series. And sometimes even if not. But, uh, you know, the the Yankees, things don't get easier for them after the All-Star break because, you know, we look at uh, these three games against the very feisty Cincinnati team, which we as Met fans saw a couple weeks ago where the Mets just barely got out of there with two out of three. Um, Then they faced Boston this weekend, as we said. So you get those couple of days break in the All-Star break, but the Yankees are unlike a lot of teams where most teams come back on that Friday, the Yankees and Houston – uh, because of a couple of rainouts earlier this year, are playing a double header in Houston um, on that Thursday, coming out of the All Star break. So the Yankees play two games against Houston on that Thursday, and then go to Baltimore over the weekend for a three game series. And then the biggest story in baseball right now is the Baltimore Orioles, who have won nine games in a row. Uh, I. I recall reading some in some uh, in some very prospect that you know some websites that are covering prospects that Baltimore does look like they were having a deep farm system. So this doesn't surprise me that maybe they may have uh, peaked one year earlier than expected. Yeah, I mean, right now, if you look at the American League East, every single team in that division is over five hundred. the The Orioles are not a, a bad team. Uh, they're 44 and 44 right now. And look, if you're a 500 team, just about 90 to 100 games into the season, that's pretty impressive for a team like the Orioles that has not even sniffed a 500 record in years since before Buck Showalter left. I mean, Showalter left in uh, 2018 where that team really bottomed out and went 47 and 115, which almost seems incomprehensible that the Mets have already won more games than that Oriole team did all year that year for Buck Showalter. But, you know, so that, that team bottomed out that year, but over the course of these last four or five years now, they have uh, really built up their team. They, they brought up this catcher earlier this year. They still have, you know, big, big piece guys like Trey Mancini and uh, you know, a, a lot of young talent on that roster. So really going to be interesting to see what the Orioles can do here because especially with this third wild card now they're in serious position for a uh, you know a playoff spot now so the Yankees are going to be playing a team you know you get two against the 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 Astros right out of the break against one of the best teams in baseball and then one of the hottest teams in baseball in the Orioles in you know so it's it's not going to be easy for them because then they get the day off and have two against the Mets and you know, who knows how the Mets are going to have their rotation lined up uh, to, to face the Yankees because they could be facing DeGrom, Scherzer, or DeGrom and Scherzer, <laughs> or neither, depending on how it works out. Maybe the Mets will pitch both of them that previous weekend against the, uh, the um, San Diego Padres. So what do you think, Dan? Do you think the Yankees are going to run into either of the Mets' aces, or do, do you think, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? That the Grom could be on track to come come back either during the Padres series or the Yankees series. So it's realistic possibility those four games we could be seeing the Grom. Yeah, exactly, man. And you know, uh, I I could see Scherzer depending on how the Mets you know work it out. I could see Scherzer pitching that Friday night against um, the the Padres at City Field in the black uniforms. And then that would line him up perfectly to pitch that Wednesday game 
against the Yankees. So uh, going to be really interesting to see how Buck Showalter and uh, Billy Epler combine to put this thing together. Uh, and hey, that's what happens when you have these two great pitchers now. I can. I hope I get. Um, it works out that I am going to be at one of those two games. But let's face it: the 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 way the Mets are playing this year in first place, I, I don't think I all I have ever seen. I, I think this might be the first time I'll really see the Met fans having control of their own stadium during the Subway Series. Like, uh, I I remember 2006. Remember the game David Wright the walk off. Yeah, against Rivera. I was there. It felt like it was at least five percent Met fans at that ballpark that day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It felt like the Met fans dominated the stadium that day. That yeah, day. you know, especially in a, you know a, a town that everybody is going to recognize as a Yankee town. It's it's always nice when you can defend your home turf and uh, and and feel like you know you outnumber them greatly. <laughs> When David Wright got that walk-off double, Shea was rocking that night. Yeah, over the head of Johnny Damon. I remember that well. I was also at uh, a game that at Shea Stadium uh, where the Mets beat Rivera in 99, the Matt Franco game. That's one of my favorite games I was ever at. That one, uh, uh, 16, 17 years old me was there. Oh, oh, you were at that game too? Yeah, I was about 16 or 17 years old when I was there that during it. Wow, yeah, that was 99, so I was uh, 12. I hadn't even turned 13 yet. Surprisingly, <laughs> that, that I still have that black, that black Mike Piazza jersey, and it still fits me. And uh, one of the games that were wearing the black jerseys, I mean, I could see people look like they were just – they were wearing black jerseys that looked like they just bought at the souvenir store. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I've had since that era. Yeah, man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I still have a, a, a good Mike Piazza black jersey from when I was a kid, too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so as we're, we're – uh, we'll talk about the Yankees for another minute or two. So, I mean, after they get the two games against the Mets, which, you know, is always um, a, a, a very intense series, even if it's only two games, uh, then they, they get a little breather over the weekend for the deadline with the Kansas city Royals going into August. So uh, the, the Yankees, I think that the next couple of weeks now where they're going to be playing the Mets who are a first place team, the Astros who are a first place team, the Orioles who are red hot right now. Um, they're going to be playing the, the Red Sox again, who are a playoff team as we speak. Uh, so the Yankees are going to have a lot of tests up until that, uh, that, you know, second division team, as we mentioned earlier, Kansas City Royals series. And I I also got to say, I feel, I mean, I'm a Met fan, but I know plenty of Yankee fans who were annoyed by this. What were they thinking with that Amazon deal? It's a local deal in the New York area, as we all know. They, uh, they Yankees sold some of their local broadcasts to Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that was definitely a very, very weird deal as it's definitely the first of its kind for major league baseball, at least where a team just decided to, to sell a share of its uh, local broadcasts to a streaming network. So yeah, you're definitely right about that. And uh, man, the, I, I can't blame Yankee fans for being upset about that because, you know, it, it'd be like the, if the Mets sold some of their games to Peacock, I'd be, I, even though I have Peacock mainly because of the WWE, it would still be so annoying. And especially to fans that don't have it. Yeah, and I keep fearing that's going to happen because SNY, part, part, owner, part ownership of SNY is held by NBC Universal. Yeah. And does own Peacock. So even though I, I would not like it, even though I have Peacock, I would not like that they would do this. I have a strange feeling that they could, that that could be a possibility because. NBC Universal has part ownership of SNY. Yeah, that would not surprise me at all. And hey, you know what? I wouldn't even care uh, if they did that. And obviously, it would, it would, I would be annoyed for fans that wouldn't be able to see it. But I'd be able to see it, so it would personally be okay with me. But would would make it really okay with me 
is especially if they knew it was going to be like, let's just say that before the season, they said, okay, the Mets are going to put 20 games on Peacock. If they said that we're still going to have Gary, Keith, and Ron in those games, I wouldn't bat an eye. I wouldn't care. <laughs> right? That part, that part, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> maybe also do a thing where give, uh, maybe give uh, residents in the New York area maybe a little discount on Peacock, if that was yeah. the case. That's true. That, that, that definitely wouldn't be a bad idea. You know, a little uh, goodwill to the fans who are, who are willing to play uh, and, and pay, I mean. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so very interesting deal for the Yankees there with, um, with, with Amazon. And do, do you have any details on that, Dan? What, what went into that? How many games are they going to be having on Amazon now? Because I saw it, but I didn't really read too much into it. The Amazon deal replaces the deal they had with uh, WPIX, uh, Channel 11. They had, they had a limited amount of games that, that were produced by Yes Network airing on Channel 11. And this replaces the, the deal they had with WPIX. Wow. So is that going to be like we just said, where it's, it's going to be on, um, on the streaming service, but it, you know, on Amazon, but it's, it's going to be a yes broadcast. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're yes broadcast. I got, I, I somehow you, I mean, I got, I got, I got an Amazon subscription. I use it to watch. I'm, I'm going to have to make use of an Amazon subscription during football season for every time the giants are uh, playing on a Thursday night. Yeah, that's true. It's very true, man. Not counting the Thanksgiving Day, which is which is a Thursday night. Thank God the Thanksgiving game is going to be on. A, uh, well, I'll be able to see the Giants kick the Cowboys' ass while I'm eating my Thanksgiving dinner in front of the TV. Yeah, Yankees Giants on uh, Thanksgiving is going to be really cool this year. We'll have to do a little something for that since uh, since you know we tape on Wednesdays and our show will be coming out on Thanksgiving this year. Yep, I realize that. Yeah, so maybe I'll do. Maybe we'll little Thanksgiving thing. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be. Uh, but yeah, the the Giants Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and thank God, thank God, that's when, that's a rare Thursday night game that's not gonna be on Amazon. It'll be on, I think, Fox or CBS. I forget what network's carrying that game, but this is gonna be a rare time that the Giants are gonna be playing on Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, well, usually the Cowboys get the late game. At uh, well, you know, for the the for normally it would have been the late game. Now they added the, you know, eight o'clock game on NFL Network or Amazon, whatever it's going to be this year. But the Cowboys would usually get the four o'clock game, so it's probably going to be Giants Cowboys at four o'clock on Fox. Yep, exactly. I'll be uh, I'll be no doubt I'll be in front of my TV eating a. Eating uh, my uh, my Thanksgiving dinner, depending 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 how close to seven the food is ready, because I know sometimes <laughs> not ready until around seven, depending depend depending when everyone started cooking. Very true, very true. That'd be perfect timing, uh, you know. So and also too, as we're talking about uh, you know the timing and everything right now, let's head over to. Uh, the ending here because we're just about coming down to the end here now as we did our uh, good uh you know yankee talk now let's wrap up the show with some uh new york rangers talk as we we started off the the program earlier talking about how the rangers had signed uh center vincent uh, trocek from the carolina hurricanes to a seven-year deal worth 5.6 million a year um you know so that that comes out to you know somewhere over thirty million uh, for this guy total. A really good deal, a guy who was playing. You know, he still had fifty points last year. He was never really playing with any top offensive players. So you stick him next to Panarin, and you expect big things from this kid, right? Yeah, exactly. Also, I have a feeling that Strom is going to be leaving. Oh yeah, well I definitely think that because right now. The, the Rangers cap situation is very, very tight. So as we mentioned earlier, not only did they put this together, they signed a uh, backup goalie Yaroslav Halak to a one-year $1.5 million deal. Uh, they also signed, did you see this, Dan? They signed uh, Louis Domingue 
the backup goalie who played most of the first round series for the Penguins against the Rangers. The Rangers actually signed him to a two year, two way contract. So he's probably going to end up being a depth starter for uh, the, the AHL team, you know, because they, they let both their goalies walk this year. So it's going to be pretty interesting seeing him play for us now. Right. I feel, I feel like they made it. They made a good depth, depth signing. There with the, with the main. Yeah. Louis Domingue proved that he has, he still has it. He's a good goalie and stashing him at uh, Hartford is definitely going to be good just in case the Rangers run into any injury problems or they need a, you know, emergency goalie here and there and, just a depth piece that I really like that the Rangers brought in. I, I, I like that more than Halak. What do you think about that, Dan? What do you think about Yaroslav Halak, the former Islander, the former Boston Bruin, as uh, the new backup goalie for the Rangers for this season? I think we got a, we got a decent backup, Halak. You know, I, I, I don't know, man. He has been very inconsistent over the last year or two. Uh, really ever since he left the Islanders, uh, it really makes me nervous that he's going to be the primary backup. I, I, feel, I feel like there'll be a competition potentially with him and Domingue for the backup holding spot during, a, during the preseason. True. True, that, that could be. But I also feel like the fact that they signed him to a two-way contract and Halak is only a one-way contract, I feel like they kind of tip the scales in the favor of Halak. Like, I think he would have to be really, really bad to not get the job, right? Exactly. I, it might, might make me a little bit nervous on those games that take place on back-to-back days. Yeah, but you know what? Hey, let's just hope that there's something about the New York Rangers uniform that brings the best out of Halak because we remember as Ranger fans, this guy has killed the Rangers in the past, and he always plays very, very good against the Rangers and Madison Square Garden in particular. So uh, let's just hope that we can sprinkle that Rangers dust on him and get the best out of him. Hopefully that garden magic uh, rubs off on him and he'll, he'll be a part of a garden party. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. So just like you mentioned too, when we started talking about the Rangers, that you think this is probably spells the end for Ryan Strom. I think you're right too, because the Rangers really only have, uh, after all these signings and everything else now, they only have about $3 million left in cap space, and that's probably only going to be able to bring in um, Kako back on a, a new contract, probably a bridge deal, which is you know usually means a two-year contract uh, that gets you to his next big contract. So he's probably going to get somewhere in the range of two-plus million, and they're probably going to use the rest of that money on a backup goalie at uh, HL Hartford. Um, the... The crazy thing to me, though, is that they were asking Chris Drury about Tyler Mott uh, because, you know, Mott's not going to take that much money to re-sign him. It, it, he'd probably come back for somewhere under $2 million. And they specifically asked him today at the press conference um, if he thinks there's going to be enough room to bring back Mott because you got to remember, too, Frank Vetrano is gone. He signed a three-year deal worth north of three million with Anaheim uh, a cop Andrew cop the the guy they gave up a first round pick for uh, from the Winnipeg Jets is reportedly I don't know if it's a hundred percent yet but they said he's signing a, a four-year contract with his hometown Detroit Red Wings so two big guys that contributed a lot at the end of the season and in the playoffs are definitely not coming back um, and from what I'm hearing, it looks like Tyler Mott isn't coming back either because Chris Drury said that the cap situation might be a little too tight to bring him back. And that makes me sad that none of those guys um, are going to be able to come back. Obviously, it's business, especially in a cap league. There's nothing you can do about it. But what do you think about that, Dan, that all three guys that they brought in that made big contributions probably won't be back next season because two of them are already signed and it, it looks like they don't have the money for Mott. Unfortunately, it looks like it's gonna looks like it's gonna happen. But what can we do about it? Um, I still think we got a good team. Especially we got some, uh, we got some, uh, we got some good players up in the, the AHL Harvard coming up. So we might be might be in good shape for 
for hopefully what'll be another another big year. Hopefully, maybe even bigger than uh than last year's season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. This team definitely has good things in its future. Uh, you know, there's going to be some more youth on the team next year. Uh, believe it or not, there's going to be, um, you know, obviously no Nemeth is going to be here. So they, they traded him in a, uh, essentially a cap dumping deal. They traded a, a third round pick a couple of years from now and a second round pick a couple of years after that, just to get him off the, um, you know, off the roster pretty much at his two and a half million dollar salary off the roster. They ended up getting back. Um, interestingly enough, I forget the kid's name, but the kid they got back from Arizona in that deal was the defensive pair teammate of um, uh, Keandre Miller at his, at Wisconsin in college. So interesting. I wonder if the connection there kind of interest, you know, intrigued jury a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to be seeing more Niles Lundquist next year. Maybe uh, Robertson is going to be coming up. Um, a, a lot of these defensive prospects, uh, you know, uh, Nate Jones and all these guys, are uh, they're going to be coming up. And uh, it's going to be really uh, just, you know, a, a competition now. That it's going to be a lot of kids, competition. Um, you know, you could probably pencil – or actually, as a matter of fact, you could probably use, um, you know, some marker and pen to put Filipino in as, as third center now with the addition of Trocheck. But uh, how do you think this team's shaping up now, Dan? I'm I'm sure there's still some moves on the horizon, but we're going to be seeing a little more youth. Uh, Kravstov, remember too, he he had all, all that trouble with Russia, and and all the issues with the Rangers over the last couple of years. He's back in the fold next year. The Rangers are going to need. Um, a low salary player like him. What do you think about that? We've left out there. We're we're gonna we're gonna have an exciting team. This is gonna be an exciting. It's gonna be an exciting season. Can't wait to see how it how it how it how it unfolds. And I'm pretty sure it'll be some moves coming up. If if we're right if we're right there in that and at the trading line, you know we're gonna. You know they're gonna do what it takes to get to, to win. Absolutely, man. I totally agree. Uh, you know, I see Chris Drury taking some flack from fans now um, for certain things. You know, look, I'm not gonna sit here and complain about adding a guy like Vincent Trocheck. Uh, he's really gonna help the defense of this team, the defensive uh, reliability. And you know what, too, an interesting thing about this kid Trocheck is that he knows. Uh, Gerard Gallant very well as he played a couple of years under Gallant with the uh, Florida Panthers early in his career. So, you know, there's the connection there. Uh, there's the connection that he knows this team so well. Um, and I think just bringing this guy into the fold is going to be a big, big uh, plus and positive for the Rangers. Um, you know, to, to close out on that, Dan, did you agree with that? Do you, you think adding Trocheck is going to be a net positive for the Rangers? One's be a net. This this one's definitely going to be a positive for us this year, especially in the playoffs too. This guy is a big time playoff performer. So, expecting so, big things from this guy. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right, and he's still not in his thirties yet. So, you know, the Rangers hopefully uh, get a couple of good years production out of him. Look, even if you get the first three or four years, and those last two or three years is where you're saying, uh, you know. Maybe this deal was a little too long. Hey, that's the price of uh, of uh, being a, a big time team right now, and a team that uh, is hopefully on the precipice of winning a Stanley Cup championship. And uh, with that, you know, I think uh, we're coming to the end here of uh, episode nineteen of the Best Seat in the House podcast. And uh, be- before we get out of here, Dan, give yourself one more plug. Sure, I'm on on Twitter. Bobo103NYC, Instagram, Bobo718DK, and YouTube, Daniel Curlin. All right, check Dan out there. And, and don't forget to uh, follow us on um, on Twitter at bsith underscore podcast. You can check me out there on too. My last name, Kramer and Y on Twitter. You can also check us out on Instagram at Best Seat in the House Podcast. 
And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Best Seat in the House Podcast. So thank you once again, everybody, for checking out our podcast and all, all the support that we receive from all of our good friends on uh, Twitter and uh, social media and all around. So thank you, everybody, for all the support. And uh, in, enjoy the All-Star game. Enjoy All-Star week. And uh, we'll catch you next week on The Best Seat in the House Podcast.